Hey everyone, this is Rosalina. And this is Shauna. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but our journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. Shauna. Hi. How are you? It has been too long since we caught up and recorded. Took a little break. Um, finished chemo on September 2nd. So my brothers and my sister-in-law were here to take care of me. <laughs> here for a week after my, well, actually, they were here like a week and a half. And then they took me back to New Jersey. <laughs> to take care of me. So that was really nice and a nice little break in between. You made me so excited to finish. I was so pumped to watch you ring your bell and just be done. Didn't think I was gonna ring a bell. (laughs) Why not? Throughout my whole infusion, I didn't hear anyone ring the bell. So that's why I didn't think of it. I had asked my uh, chemo nurse, like, is there a bell here? I'm bringing like a megaphone to my last chemo and I'm just going to be like screaming through the streets of New York City that I'm done. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. But how are you? I am good. I have, this month has been a little uh, intense uh, for me as far as um, just like some symptoms. I ended up getting sick, which thank God it wasn't COVID, but it really... I mean, getting sick while you're going through chemo is hard. <laughs> so much like you don't know if you are going to make it. That's how I felt. <laughs> but um, so I ended up, luckily I was able to keep on my chemo schedule, which was really great. But I haven't experienced some, some like super intense bone pain to where the only thing that even takes the edge off is like an Epsom salt bath and like a heating pad on my legs. It's basically my whole lower half from like my my hips down and my oncologist started to get concerned so ordered a bone scan which thank god came back clean and clear and thank god but so now it's just like is this happening because of the chemo or is it happening because of the zolodex shot i might have to switch the hormone injection shot to something else either lupron or um something different because you know, if I have to be on this for another five years, I don't know if I'll survive. So that's been like a little uncomfortable. So going through that and dealing with that. But tomorrow is my second to last chemo. Next Monday, I will finish. And so I'm just trying to like stay as positive and like, you know, check the boxes and just be done. Right, that happened to you. It's, it's frustrating when, you know, you feel like a new symptom And then you're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then I forgot to mention last week after being sick and not knowing whether I was going to be able to get chemo, I got it. Um, And from there went to, I had to get a bone density exam to make sure, um, I guess, did you, did you have to do that after chemo? No, not after chemo. No. They made me do it because uh, the hormone, like the tamoxifen I'll have to take. You have to get a bone density exam before you start taking that. So they ordered that just to like, make sure that. Um, you know, the bone pain I was experiencing was like osteoporosis, like they're just trying to check all the boxes. So I did it a little earlier, I guess. So I went from chemo, left, walked around the building, had my bone density exam. And then when I was leaving, I noticed like starting to get not like a rash, but like blotchiness all over my body. So I was like, you know what, I'm around the corner, let me just run back to Pearl Mutter and just have them like check out what this is. Went right, right back up to the infusion floor. And I was like, I'm having some sort of a reaction. I like lifted up my shirt. My stomach was all blotchy. My arms were all blotchy. I felt fine. Like I didn't feel itchy. I didn't feel, you know, like sick or anything like that. But it was just like, I couldn't ignore it, you know? So I went back and then the next thing I know, they're like sitting me down and then they're like pumping me with 
IV Benadryl and steroids. And my oncologist is now here. And I am like trying to stay awake as they're talking to me. And I'm not, uh, you know, and of course, this happened on my 10th infusion. I have 12 to go. Like, I think it was a reaction. I think whatever virus that I'm having right now had some sort of something to do with it. They said that I could develop a of course, that would happen to me. I'd have like two more to go and then all of a sudden develop like some sort of allergic reaction to the chemo I'm on because this is my life. So that had happened. So I think now I got to go back on which is, you know, not the end of the world, but, you know, not I, I've been doing so well without the Benadryl and without the uh, steroids that I was, you know, I think I have to go back on them now. So I was on them for AC, all for my AC, and then the first two of my Taxil, and then I haven't been on any steroids or Benadryl since. It's been really nice to not, like come home from chemo and not be up for three days, you know? <laughs> right. Now they're going to inject the Benadryl and the steroids for your last two. I'm, I'm going to just maybe try to convince them not to. Yeah, yeah. Which I like, like I, like I literally think that I can like go in there and negotiate. I've been doing this like my, my entire treatment thing. Like still to this day, I've like, I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna have to do all sixteen. Like, no, you're gonna have to do all sixteen. I don't know why I'm trying to convince myself otherwise, but um, yeah, I just think I can go in and just negotiate, and I, I can't do that. But um, I definitely feel a lot better this week than I did last week. So I might try. I mean, worst comes to worst, they give me better drill after. But that's probably not how it's going to go down. I don't know. I'm going to, I see my oncologist tomorrow before chemo. So we'll see how that goes. So wish me luck on that. <laughs> so like the Benadryl and the steroids, like the rash went away. Yeah. It wasn't a raised rash. It was like, this happens to me sometimes when I drink red wine, I'll get like a little blotchy on my chest, like from the sulfate. That's basically what it was. It was not like hives. It was not raised. It was not itchy. It was just blotchiness almost. So that's the only reason why I think it was really just whatever my body was fighting. And then of course I got chemo and then I think my body just went a little haywire. Um, so I don't know. Well, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And. Um, I'm so happy that you finished. How, how, let's talk about the hair journey while we're here. I'm seeing regrowth, which is great. Like on the sides of my scalp here, I'm seeing regrowth, which is a positive. My hair is still falling out um, like the same way that it has been. Like a lot comes out. I think probably, you know, within three months, I'll be able to see less of that. <laughs> I've just been wearing headbands every day, hide parts that's a little bit more visible, where you can see that I don't have a lot of hair. That's what I'm doing. And then like, I put my hair in a bun every day. That's my hairstyle. You know, I'm trying to make things work. But how about your hair? I mean, I'm in a permanent baseball cap as well, as you could see right now. I just now have, I have about 20 different baseball caps that I just wear uh, that I feel comfortable in, but I am having normal shedding, which I never thought I would see the day like normal, completely normal when I have been, cause you know, wash days were always, I don't know for you, but super traumatic for me. Like seeing what's in the bottom of that sink is every week was starting to be really hard and when I brush my hair I mean I just started seeing like less 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 I have so much hair growth and it is coming back gray but like my sideburns are growing back because I didn't lose much like around my ear you know my cap legitimately fit me like a glove I see you know women in the Paxton group all like above their ears that they're missing all the hair because their cap didn't go all the way down you know or they'll miss you know their hairline in the front or whatever uh but I like didn't have that so it was, I really just lost my sideburns, which was like a little weird, but uh, those are growing back. My hair is growing back. All the thin spots that you could see on the top um, has like filled in, but it's just like, I definitely could get away with not wearing a hat, but I just need to color it so bad. Obviously can't do that. I'm not done with chemo. I think they say to wait like three to six months to color your hair. I'm just going to rock a baseball cap until Christmas and then maybe color it then. I don't know, but yeah, it's just like it is growing back and it's growing back very quick. So, you know, for anyone who's cold capping, I mean, I can't believe how much growth I have. I, they told me on Taxil, you know, it could grow back. Uh, my body hair has started to grow back and that grew back pretty quick too. I have to like regularly shave my legs again, which is so annoying. <laughs> my eyelashes are 
basically non-existent. I have a good amount of eyebrows and I microbladed before. So, um, yeah, so I was good on that, but yeah. Something that I should have done. <laughs> I mean, I still have my eyebrows and my eyelashes. I still yeah. have them. They might fall out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So mine have fallen out. It, it looks a little weird. I've like dry eye because, you know, I've taken my eyelashes for granted. I think we all have. I look different, but I'm hoping they'll grow back soon. I'm going to like maybe try to get some like rodent and fields type of regrowth thing. Like serum. Yeah. 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 I'm going to wait until everything is done and Latisse or something, something, whatever, try to get them back. But you know what? Cannot believe how fast it grew back. Like, and my hair too. Like, it, I mean, all of my thin spots are completely, it's completely filled in. I wanted to ask you, have you met with your radiology oncologist yet? Like, are you, when do you, do you have a date? Yeah, I'm meeting her tomorrow. Great. <laughs> Bright and early, 7.45 a.m. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, and then you'll, will you get your plan for radiation then you yeah. think, or? I will. Yeah. I'm hoping because there isn't any more like appointments with her. It's, right. it's just like, I'm sure she's going to go over exactly how many weeks she did mention six or seven. weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. They had estimated for me five to six. So kind of upsetting, but yeah, exactly. I, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie because of mm-hmm. the unknown of yes how I'm going to be reacting to it. And, you know, I've seen so many pictures of women who just see like redness and then that sits versus women who are like peeling and it just looks awful. And I'm just really hoping that would go well and, and I don't have any like reaction or something horrible happens. I'm just wishing for the best. Yeah, definitely. I know some women burn really bad and they don't stop. So it's just like you're burning and then they're just, they continue. I mean, you have to be like pretty raw for them to take a break, which, you know, is a little nerve wracking for sure. How are you feeling post chemo? Because the more research and like the more I'm in these support groups and and whatnot, um, you know, a lot of people say that after chemo is like the worst, picking up your, the pieces of your life and then like being scared of reoccurrence and like all this stuff like how are you mentally I'm the opposite actually I feel like after chemo I've accomplished something so big that I feel empowered in a way and positive I haven't thought about like reoccurrence maybe like once or twice but my mindset is really just okay I'm done with chemo I have this break I'm doing radiation. Okay, after radiation, I meet with the oncologist and then we're going to go on the hormonal therapy medication. And then like, that's where my mindset is at to get better. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm i not emotional or anything like that as of yet. <laughs> Who knows <laughs> within the next few weeks, but right. Yeah, I've definitely have had a couple of moments where I'm like, what, you know, especially with the bone pain that I've been having, you know, and just every ache and pain. I'm just scared that every time I'm uncomfortable or like anytime I'm not feeling good, like I'm stage four. So, um, but I'm so glad. I mean, you should feel empowered. Like chemo is fucking horrific. The worst like, thing. That's it. Yeah. You that should definitely I've feel empowered. Ever <laughs> went through. Oh my God. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, and then, of course, you know, I follow, you know, a couple of different accounts on Instagram. And, you know, there's been recently a lot of women that have come up stage four and a lot of women that have passed like in the last couple of days, even that, you know, and it just like, it breaks my heart, like, because they're young women, they're of my age, a little younger, and their lives have cut short by this. And it is so sad to me. Like, I found out um somebody from the UK had passed away yesterday and I was just so upset by it beyond upset I never met her like you know but it's just like it hits home I'm scared my anxiety is going to be really bad (laughs) yeah I I don't know one thing that I try to do is because I feel like stress plays into a factor of you know how your body's feeling and Everything that we're going through, you know, 
Yeah. So I, I, I try to like not stress about things as much as I did before. Yeah. I know it's really hard to say that and <laughs> Oh and yeah. That, but oh, definitely. Like, I really, really tried. And it's funny because you know, like the like the little things that I just let go of. You know, like it's I don't care. I don't. You know, like that. But it's. I feel like this anxiety is like the bigger picture of everything. So I think that that's why I'm, you know, kind of handling it a little bit harder than I would anything else in my life right now. Understandable. I mean, like, come yeah. on, like you see these women like dying, and you're like, fuck. Yeah why why then yeah yeah and just you know it could very well be me you know hopefully it never gets to that point but like I don't know I think I also just don't want to be naive about it like just because okay I had a double mastectomy I did 16 rounds of chemo well I'll be you know at that point I would have finished chemo you know um not there yet but I have two more to go could be on hormone therapy and like have still have this come back and I just don't want to also be like blindsided I could be as positive as I want but I also don't want to be blindsided like this could happen you know it's just something that I think it's just always going to be in the back of my head and it's really I don't know not ideal but I know a lot of women um have a harder time after so that's why originally I was curious on how how your mental state was and yeah for sure I mean it's just hard overall I kind of think about it this way I want to be more present in life and definitely I like just being with my family you know within the past three weeks it really showed me that like I need to appreciate these moments more and so that that's where my mindset is at currently. Yeah. That's a good, that's like an awesome place to be in. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think chemo is just, I'm going to have PTSD from chemo for a very, very long time. I think that maybe that's just what it's going to be. It's so funny because I love my chemo nurse. It's this woman, Caitlin. I love her. She just like, when I go in there, we like, and I've just have also have acquired this like super dark sense of humor throughout this entire thing. <laughs> the things that I find funny, I it, it's I'm like um, it's like a little alarming to my my own self, you know. And yeah. like I follow that can the cancer patient on Instagram. Oh that, yes! What? Oh my god! You sent me that meme it was hilarious. <laughs> I can't stop. I think that is the greatest account on the internet. It is so funny, and some of the stuff they post, like you know. If you're not ready to joke about this, you can't follow. You, like, you absolutely should never follow this account. But, like, if you can joke about it, it is the greatest. It's been the best thing for my mental my mental health throughout this whole journey. I will forever follow this account for the rest of my life, probably. And it's so funny because I found the account through you. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I found it early on. And I'll never forget. It was the first post I ever saw was it said something along the lines of like so what's your five-year plan and the and the meme was uh staying alive I think it was the Bee Gees you know the music video and I was like that is hilarious like that's literally that is the funniest thing and I from then on I was like this is a cow for me I I found it all right well I'm glad we got to catch up it was uh it's been a long time so I'm glad um I'm glad you're finished I'm glad to be done soon two more two more yes and as we you know keep going and recording you know just kind of even giving the long-term effects of chemo I think that's important to note too and you know so we'll keep you guys updated on that and um yeah so today we are talking about surgery and recovering from surgery and preparing for surgery and kind of that whole portion of the journey you focus more on Shauna and what she went through and then next week go over my journey and all of that so Shauna just take it away once I got my MRI results that there was no evidence of any type of cancer in my lymph nodes we scheduled a surgery date so I think I found out sometime the beginning of February I think I've had about a month to prepare for my surgery date which was March 2nd of 2021 I was just so pumped to have a date scheduled 
you know, like for me, everything felt so up in the air for so long, you had a million and one appointments. And you're just like, you know, they're trying to basically make sure they have all your results on your genetics and making sure that like they have everything in order to like come up with like the best plan for you you know but when you're going through it but also when are they going to take this shit out of right, exactly <laughs> can't imagine like doing you know there's for certain women especially a lot of women with like that are her too positive they don't have surgery until after they're done with treatment I couldn't wait to get this out of me. The one thing about having hormone positive breast cancer is that for the most part, they'll try to take it out first, you know? So I just, I wanted it out of me very, very early on had said, made the decision to have a double mastectomy. It wasn't anything that like, you know, that was like probably one of the easiest decisions, at least for myself, you know? So I just wanted it done. And so when they gave me the date, I felt like a huge, just like, relief you know like being like okay good it's gonna get done like we have a date set great first and foremost it was just I never want to deal with this again I had a friend who did a preventative mastectomy you know she lost her mother and she lost her sister to breast cancer so based off of even just talking to her I just knew I just wanted it I'm like these things are trying to kill me like I just want them gone I think for like a very teeny maybe a second where I was like oh maybe I could get a lumpectomy but mine was so my tumor was so big that it was just like they had said to me like you're gonna have to have at least a single mastectomy you know so for me I I I don't know I just kind of felt like I don't ever want to go through this again even if I did one side have to go back you know down the line and maybe get it the other side done like for me I was just like this is going to be a one and done we're not doing this again type situation we're young. Like I want my breasts to look as nice as possible after this whole ordeal too. So for, you know, to have them be symmetric. I mean, my boobs have never been symmetric, actually. I've always had one that was bigger than the other. I never in my life wanted a boob job. If I was going to do surgery, I would have done like lipo or something. It's not something I ever desired. I always had friends that were always like, oh, I would love to go up a size, you know, I whatever. I never, never had the desire to do it. Now I want them to look as nice as possible. You know, like if I can go up a size, great. Also like, you know, you're paying for this now. And so you want them to be able to do the best job possible. Well, exactly. And that's the one great thing about reconstruction is that that will be covered under insurance for the rest of our lives. Yes. Which, um, I learned pretty early on too. So I was kind of like, you know what, if it doesn't come out the way that I want them to the first time, like down the line, I could always go back and get that taken care of, you know? So that was like another kind of like a good thing just to keep in the back of my head of being like, we're going to figure that out. It made me a little nervous too, because my breast surgeon was just more of like, you know, I was so worried about cosmetically wanting to look nice. And she was more of like, well, we're going to save your life. Like that's a really why you're here. And you'll talk to a plastic surgeon about that. I want them to look as nice as possible. Really, I just did not want to have to go through it again or have it have it come up on the other side. And yeah, that's really why I made that choice. But you know, just like I said, the uncertainty portion of that, you know, like just having a date set was my mental state was the best. I was able to tell my job, okay, I'm having surgery this day. My last day will be, you know, February, I think it was the 28th was my last day. Before that, I had to do a round of IVF because at that point, I thought I was going to be starting chemo pretty soon after my mastectomy. They had said, you know, three or four weeks and you'll start after that. So I did like a very, very quick round of IVF. And again, I think maybe that might be our next topic that we'll discuss. So I had to get that done before surgery. So it was good. I had about four weeks to really prepare myself. And uh, I wasn't even like anxious. I just really wanted to get it done. I, you know, finished my round of IVF. I uh, believe that was February 15th or 14th. And uh, yeah, I was scheduled for March 2nd. Before then, I kind of I really hit the support groups those couple of weeks to try to figure out what I would need for surgery, figure out a shopping list and, you know, just try to like be as prepared as I possibly could so that when I went in, you know, I'd be able to come home and have everything I needed. So I hit, you know, all the support groups that I, you know, added on myself to on Facebook. And it was great because I had found a woman's Amazon wish list. And it was basically everything that she recommended. She like used throughout 
her entire recovery process. So, you know, it was like everything from like the, the wedges, the pillow wedges for your back. Another woman recommended like electric toothbrush because your arm range isn't the best, you know, everything's tight. I didn't see that. Yeah. To be honest, that was other than the, the wedges for the bed, that was the best purchase I could have made. A lot of women just added, you know, button up shirts, surgical bras, recommendations for scar cream for weeks after. It was amazing that I could just, it was like a one-stop shop of like going. All you have to do is literally type in what you're looking for. And these women are responding to you like immediately. So it was great. I, you know, got on Amazon. I ordered everything. I was like, I felt like I was like over-prepared. I had like too much stuff almost. Uh, you know, I ordered a bunch of different bras that I thought, you know, would help. I they made it easy. They made it really like easy. Yeah. And I felt going into it like I was just so ready. Uh, you know, and mentally ready because I wanted this out of me. So now, you know, I'm prepared. It's like the day before surgery. So March 1st, um, I have to go into the hospital to get the dye injected into my breast uh, to outline the sentinel nodes. Uh, that again, I kind of hit the support groups to kind of like see what to expect on that okay yeah I, I didn't do that <laughs> I just went in blind <laughs> well part of me wishes I didn't do it because a lot of women were like that was the worst the pain I've ever felt and for me I'm like I think I thought a bee sting hurt worse than that I mean I don't know I mean it's they inject it like right into your nipple you're right below your lip nipple I think I was um but it didn't. I mean, it was quick. I felt like I kind of like was like, I overprepared for that, expecting the worst. And it really wasn't bad at all. Well, another thing I did right after that injection is um, I went to go see my old roommate. My old roommate was a hairdresser. And she gave me two very, very tight French braids. Somebody in the group had said something about trying to maintain their hair. You know, imagine trying to put your hair up in a ponytail and you, your arms aren't going above your shoulders. She said it was really hard and her hair matted. And, she, you know, so in my head, I was like, you know what, let me get braids, put it in. And that will be like one less thing. I couldn't imagine having to have my boyfriend like comb out my hair and do that every morning. That was like another thing that I did to prepare, uh, which I highly, highly recommend if yeah, I know, like, it, it's got to be harder for women who, ha you know, especially when you're cold capping, and then you're going through chemo, taking a break, and then going into surgery, like, obviously, you're not going to be doing tight braids, you know. So for the women who are doing it before and haven't cold capped or don't need a cold, you know, that was definitely like a really solid move. So I did that. And then I ended up heading home and was still like in really, really good spirits before, you know, just kind of like, prepared. I felt prepared. Matt and I had ordered dinner and packed a bag because I was going to spend one night in the hospital after, you know, so um, I was ready to go. And it was probably about like 10, 1030 where it hit me like, fuck, I'm going to have major, major surgery. And mind you, my first surgery ever. I've never even gotten my molars taken out. My first time being put under any type of anesthesia was my egg retrieval, which was like two weeks before that. It hit me and I, I got very upset and I was kind of hysterical. Matt was able to like manage me. I hadn't let myself really lose it up until that point because I felt good up until that point. And like, I think just like checking boxes off was always a big, you know, it was really good for my mental health throughout this entire thing. I let it happen. And then I took an anxiety pill. And, you know, at that point I was like, all right, well, let's just go to bed. And that was another thing too. I was like, do I take pictures of my old breasts? Like, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Like, I'm never going to see these things again. It's like a weird, you know, like farewell to the boobs. I don't know. Um, so I did, I took a couple of pictures for, I, I also did it too, because if I ever decided I wanted to do the, um, the nipple tattoo, I wanted a picture of what my original ones looked like. That's smart yeah. too. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. This is my, color matching or something I don't know I took an anxiety med calmed down and then we ended up going to sleep I think I had to wake up like okay had to be at the hospital at like 6 a.m I think it was or no actually no I had to be there at like five actually five for a 745 uh surgery did you like the 
early times. I'm glad it was first thing in the morning because if I had to sit and wait until 10, 11 a.m., mentally, I would not have been able to sit with myself like that. No, absolutely. I would have lost it. You know, at first I didn't get to pick. So they'll call you like a day or two before I give you your surgery time. So I didn't even know when I was going in. So I was, when they told me it was first thing in the morning, I was like, oh, thank God. They called me Sunday morning to let me know what my surgery time was. I was so relieved when they told me it was first thing. You know, I showered beforehand and it was good too. Cause I, you know, uh, was able to take an anxiety med before I got there. Um, so yeah, I ended up showering. I did all that, um, grabbed our stuff and headed right to the city, which is at that hour too. We got there in like 15 minutes. It was so fast. I was only allowed to bring one person with me. Matt came with me, which was, you know, he was great. You know, I got there, you know, they check all your vitals and do all that. And they gave me a gown and they found a vein. I think it was in my hand. Yeah. Like I had it, it was in my hand. I think at that point too, so much blood like taken and doing all those tests that it was just like, I don't know. It was like not anything for me, but yeah. So I think, you know, like, and then I ended up sitting in a gown and waiting until I was called. And I was like, literally weirdly, insanely calm, you know, like in high stress type of situations, I'm not normally the calmest. I was so calm throughout this whole morning. You know, the surgeon came in and talked to me and then she left. And then somebody was like, all right, like we're going to take in now. And I was like, all right. So I'm in like the hospital socks and the hospital like gown, kiss mat. And I was like, all right, let's go. So then <laughs> I'm walking through and I'm in the hospital socks. I'm like walking through the halls. Like they didn't wheel me uh, in. They wheeled me in. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I followed somebody. And the next thing I know, I'm in my own operating room. I walked myself into my own operating room and put myself on the table. Oh my God. But So <laughs> NYU is a teaching hospital. I don't know if I've told this story. I think I've told you this story, but I don't know if I had have recorded it. But I had I walked in and I was kind of really taken back because there was about 15 people in this room with me. So it was a teaching hospital. So I was like my surgeon, my plastic surgeon was there because they worked on me together, which was great because I would have, you know, been such a long surgery. Or, you know, or I would have had to have been a second surgery it was great that they were able to be in the same room. And then all these like students basically. And so I walked in, I was like really caught off guard and I was like, stupid. I was like, I was like, hello team. Like, <laughs> I remember you told me that story. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. And I was just, cause I don't know if it was like nerves or just like my anxiety. I was just like really doing its job. And just like, I just felt like so, I was so stupid. And then I go again. So again, me being an idiot, being like, all right, are we going to, should we do a huddle? Like, you know, like trying to like make a joke to be like, because there's so many, it's like a team. Like it's literally like a freaking football team in this room. So I then put myself on the table, literally on the operating table, you know, and, and the anesthesiologist is behind me and my breast surgeon is on my right and they're hooking me up and they're, you know, just kind of prepping me and, and I'm awake. Like, I am fully awake for everything that's happening. So no one else cracked a joke. They they were all serious. <laughs> no, they're all like, you know, just like prepping. Everyone was doing what they were supposed to be doing. <clears throat> and I'm at this point, like desperately just trying to like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Just I'm on, a, I'm on this table, like about to have major surgery, still being an idiot. And I had, like I said before, I egg transfer two weeks prior to this surgery date when I had woken up from the egg retrieval my fertility doctor looked like he was scared and I was like is everything okay he goes I have never in my life seen somebody move under anesthesia like you did she's like we had to hold you down so I was like and I am constantly moving. I'm constantly moving in my sleep. My legs are constantly moving. I'm like the worst person to sleep with. Matt says it. My girlfriend said like, I've stayed over their apartments where they're like, it's terrible. You're terrible. So I wasn't shocked by, you know, so my anesthesiologist is talking to me and, and I, I just like looked up at him and I go, you have to tie me down. And he was like, what? And I was like, you have to tie me down. I said, my fertility doctor says I move like crazy under anesthesia. Like, 
tie me up and the entire room now is hysterically laughing at me because i'm like i'm like strap me in let's do this you know and everyone in the room is laughing and my anesthesiologist is like thought i was hilarious and i'm an idiot and but that's like literally the last thing i remember you know I was like, all right, see you later. I think that was like the last thing I did say. It's definitely better than being hysterical on the table, you know? Like, it was a really good way to go out. But I did. I was like, like looking back on it, I was a fucking idiot. Instead of having so much anxiety or like crying and all that, like, who had a different approach? I went in on my own terms. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I went into it. Yeah, it was good, though. Like, I, I definitely, you know. I was ready. I just felt like, let's do this, you know? Also, I think, like, the day before, like, around 10 p.m., when you were just, like, crying, I think maybe that was a good time for you to let everything out. So then the next day, you were just, like, fine and and you're ready. Yeah, I needed to be in control. Like, that was, like, my, you know, I needed to be in control of, like, my emotions, what was going on around me. You know, I chose this. I was definitely in control of myself and what was going on and I mean to what I could control you know I obviously was under anesthesia I chose this doctor I chose this hospital so it was it was good it was like a really good headspace to be in and then I was awake it was done um they I think it took like three and a half four hours because my you know my breast surgeon was working on me and then the plastic surgeon took over when and then my breast surgeon went to like the other breast so it was good there was not like it had to all be done and then the they were working side by side together which was good um I it took me about four and a half hours in recovery to like finally really really wake up I was not waking up and they couldn't move me into a room until like I was like able to talk to them and so um I was in recovery for a long time. I remember being like I felt everything just felt so tight. My range of motion was really tight. I couldn't raise my arms. I had two drains. I had a drain on each side. I had two drains. I remember being like I'm really uncomfortable because I just couldn't move. You know, so they had given me some, you know, more pain relievers. At that point, I was up. I was able to have some, I think I had Oreos and apple juice. Or I know, not Oreos. That was for my, sorry, that was for my 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 egg retrieval. I had apple juice, you know, the, to wake me up. And then the next thing I know, I was like wheeled into a room. And I was in like a middle room. So it was like almost like a pod, I want to say. It was like a tiny room. There was no windows. It was just the door. It was the best because I'm like, I, I sleep like at my apartment, blackout curtains here when I'm on Long Island, blackout curtains. So it was great. There was no light and it was so warm, you know, cause hospitals, I feel like are always so cold. Every time I'm in a hospital, it's, I'm freezing. It was so warm and so cozy and so dark. It was great. And the nurses that I had that like, came in and just gave me meds before I ever had to ask. I loved it there. I remember I think I woke up at some point in the middle of the night and had to use the bathroom. So I go use the bathroom. You know, somebody helps me walk there because I'm still like kind of like a little out of it and take me to the, and the bathroom's close. And I go to the bathroom and my pee is electric blue, like Gatorade electric blue. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Nobody told me that I was going to pee this color. So I literally like fling the door open. I'm in the gown and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> the lady's like, oh, that's from your injection yesterday. Nobody told you this was going to happen. I said, no, nobody told me this. Again, that shot, it will make you pee blue if you haven't <laughs> had a, your surgery yet. Just an FYI. Um, so the next morning, so I made it through the night, slept like the best I could. I was uncomfortable, but you know, the pain, like they had kept coming in. Like I never had to ask for meds or anything. And, um, I did get like a decent amount of rest. Did you decide to stay at the hospital or they told you? They told me I was going to have to stay. So that's actually my first night I've ever stayed at a hospital. Never had to, I never had to do that before. I never had any surgeries or anything. So, you know, stayed the night Matt, I think was coming at like 10 or 11 the next day to come get me. And I was like, I don't want to go. I, I literally was like, I don't want to go. And they told me, they were like, if you don't feel comfortable going home, you want to stay an extra day or an extra night, like, 
we're never going to kick you out. Like you can stay, you know, and had Matt not like already been on the way to come get me, I would have stayed. I like, didn't want to leave. I, there was like cozy room. I had the nurses. I, I liked all my nurses. Like I like liked everything that was happening. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to leave, <laughs> but Matt came and I mean, the hospital was great. They had like the pharmacy in the hospital left with everything that I needed. The nurse told Matt how to strip my drain. We left and ended up going home. And did she show you how to do it? Like she actually like performed it on you? Yeah. She showed him how to do it. Uh, right. Yeah. She, cause she had to do it anyways. Cause we, you know, when you go home with drains, um, you have to measure every 12 hours, how much is coming out. Yeah. Cause you have to be under a certain amount for your drains to come out. So, um, she, you know, she told him how to do it. And then we were like, my dad came actually, Matt came inside to get me. My dad was outside waiting in the car and he drove us back to my apartment and, got me settled in and um was your dad emotional or no he was emotional like from the day I told him what the hell was going on you know as far as so uh he held it together he was pretty good he just wanted to do something for me so it was like really great for him to be able to pick me up and like be there and like see me and like see me that I'm okay so that was good and he had come with actually extra pillow wedges for me. My dad and my stepmom have surgery. It's like somebody's having a surgery every six months. So they had extra pillow wedges. So he was able to like come in with food and everything for me too, which was really nice. And I came home and, you know, the first couple of nights were rough. I was just really uncomfortable. The drains aren't like the most comfortable things either, you, you know. You can't sleep on your side. You, have to- you can't sleep on your side. You're on your back, like, and you're uncomfortable. And, you know, you're you're waking up to, like, take pain med, you know, finally get to sleep. And then the next thing I know, like, Matt would be waking me up to be like, okay, here, it's time for Tylenol or it's time for your Oxy. And there's a couple of nights where I was just, like, crying because I was just not comfortable. That's basically what it was. It was, the pain was manageable, but it was very uncomfortable. You know, I, um, they gave me Valium and sent me home a Valium and Oxy and they tell you to take Tylenol. And to be honest, the only thing that I felt like really, really helped was the Valium because it relaxed me enough to be able to sleep. I was so almost like hunched over, you know, I had the drains, you had, I had the most, um, uncomfortable surgical bra on. Like, I hated it. My arm was killing me. So when you go in for your mastectomy, they take a couple of lymph nodes to test. That's what the shot in your breast is for. It outlines where the lymph nodes are, and they'll take a couple to test. They never tell you. They never tell you. No, my arm hurt more than my chest did. It was almost like my, uh, basically right underneath your armpit. I almost felt like it was like chafed. I had no rash. I had no, like it was no irritation. Like, it was driving me crazy. I ended up having to buy, I had Matt, um go out and buy me like an ace bandage that I could keep it almost like tight because it felt so uncomfortable. It did. It felt worse than like my chest did. Did you have any like nerve pain? I had like random almost like um like zaps of pain, but it wasn't like all over. It was just be like random. I mean, I still have them six months later. You know, these random like little zaps of pain, but um, it wasn't like a throbbing pain or anything, but I was hunched over because I'm in this uncomfortable surgical bra. I have two drains hanging from me, you know, like I, I just felt almost like like a hunchback, like just trying to keep everything like not tight, but I, I just my whole body ended up my whole back was killing me for how I was standing when I'd get up to like go to the bathroom. I'd be like, a hunchback almost trying, you know, walking. I couldn't lift my arm above my shoulders. You know, it's just everything was really tight. I think like I had surgery on Tuesday. By Sunday, I was like, I need to get these braids out of my head. That was like the first time like me like leaving the apartment. And mind you, it was March, it was cold. So I was trying to not be outside. Um, because the colder it was cold outside, so I would tense up and then everything would hurt even more. So I ended up, I was like, I have to like do something with these braids. I have to get my hair washed. I just felt like gross. I wasn't allowed to shower. I was doing like sponge baths every day just to like try to be as clean as possible. I finally went to like a salon, like with my drains, literally my coat. And, you know, they couldn't see. And, and I was like, I need my hair like washed and braided. So I did that, rewashed it, got it rebraided, like really tight again. Um, and then... I think that was Sunday. And then by 
Thursday, I had my visit with the plastic surgeon. So I had surgery on Tuesday, the following Thursday. So I think it ended up being nine days total. I was able to finally get my drains out. Oh, wow. Um, That was quick. Very quick. Yeah. Thank God. I was done with the drains. I was done. And that the drains really scared me. Like, you know, when you hear, oh, you're going to have drains, that really scared me. And then when you have them, you know, it's definitely less scary than they make it sound. Yes, absolutely. Because I was scared as well. Yeah, exactly. Saw my plastic surgeon. She finally like unveiled my because I hadn't seen my scars. Everything was I wasn't allowed to. I had like um almost like a piece of like surgical saran wrap that covered completely my 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 chest. So she took it off and I was finally able to like see and I refused to let Matt look at it. I was like, you're not allowed to look. Um, and I saw it and I was like, this isn't as bad as I expected it to look. My incision lines were super clean, straight across. It wasn't like rigid or anything like that. Uh, it looked really good. It was nicer looking than I thought it was going to look like. I felt good about it. After nine days of documenting my drains, I was able to get those out. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. You know, I can go home. I could take a shower, a normal shower. I was so excited to get the drains out. When they took out the drains, did you have an expectations of how they were going to feel when they took them out? So I kind of, again, hit the support group because I was like, what do I expect? Does it hurt? What does this feel like? And a lot of women said it doesn't hurt. You're kind of numb. You're, you know, you're, you don't have the sensation in your chest. So it is, um, it's easy. So I went in being like, I don't even care. Just get these things out of me. You know, I'm done. And so I went in and she told me, she was like, breathe in and then ripped one out, told me to breathe, you know, breathe in again, rip the other one out. And it was quick. It was so quick. And she put like a little bandage on each side where the little holes were and was like, you're done. And I'll see you in two weeks and we'll start your fills. And I was like, all right, great. It was a weird feeling, though. It felt like there was a snake or something inside. Like, yeah. that's how I felt. <laughs> it was definitely a, a, an interesting sensation, but I was just so happy it didn't hurt that I was like, oh, that wasn't bad at all, you know? Yeah. It was definitely a sensation that I had never, like, felt before. Um. So, yeah, she was like, see you in two weeks. So I was like, all right, great. I felt good. I ended up from there. I don't know why I did this. And, like, looking back on it, it was a really bad idea really bad idea but I went from getting my drains out to going back to the hospital to get my first COVID vaccine I don't even know why they even let me do it I don't even know like how they let me do it but in my head I was gonna start chemo in three or four weeks so I wanted to be able to have my first and second shot done up until that point we had spent nine days in the city after surgery because I wanted to be close to my doctors like God forbid anything had gone wrong so we stayed in the city stayed in my apartment so the day that I got my drains out and got my COVID shot we had everything packed up and we were going to head back to Long Island where we were going to be at Matt's parents house which was more space and it was going to be better for us and we ended up uh, shooting out to Long Island. My COVID vaccine kind of hit me and I spiked like 102 fever that night. I started to panic because I was like, oh my God, is this an infection or is this from the vaccine? Those lines started to cross where I was like, I didn't know what was what. That night was scary. Like I had I sent had to send Matt out at like almost midnight to go to 7-Eleven to buy me Motrin because I was like spiked such a high fever. I was miserable. And then um, I woke up the next day and I felt fine. So I ended up going back. So we were there for a week, ended up going back to the city to meet with my breast surgeon. Um, and my pathology from my mastectomy had finally come back in. So I wasn't nervous at all. I walked in. I was like, all right, like, what's going on? You know, and that's when they told me uh, my tumor was a lot bigger than what they originally had said. They said it was five centimeters um when and then she said is i was actually closer to six they told me they had bad news that i actually had infected lymph nodes so um they had taken it was eight lymph nodes out during my mastectomy and five out of the eight lymph nodes showed cancer cells microscopic cancer cells that didn't show up on my mri so i was devastated like completely devastated crying. I mean, I was so upset because I had thought at this point, like, 
I wasn't going to need that. And now I have to do radiation, you know, and I did not prepare myself for that, you know. Um, So I was very, very upset. My team at that point had said, you know, they had met and they had talked and they were all on the same page as far as thinking that like I needed to now have a second surgery to get the rest of the lymph nodes out of my arm. It's also just like devastating to hear that because you're like, I have to go in again to the hospital. Yeah, it, it was just, it was such a blow. That was like one of the times where I was like really hysterical. Um, it was a blow. I didn't want to, you know, I just had this major surgery. Now I got to go back in, you know, I'm like, part of me is almost like they should have just took them. Why didn't they just take them then? You know, obviously they didn't know at that point, you know, that were affected and it was really tough. So that day, actually there, we had scheduled the surgery for April 12th and, um, they were like, we're going back in, we'll get them out. I thought I would, you know, had started chemo. I was going to be done. I had it like so set in my head that, you know, I was going to be done with chemo by July, literally convinced myself was going to happen. Now that plan was shot to hell. So before they even knew about the lymph node involvement, they were still going to have chemo because of your age. Yeah. At that point too, I had met with the oncologist and they said like, you know, anybody your age, we're going to automatically, you're young, you know, we're going to automatically just chemo's on the table. Like, that's it, you know, uh, which was really upsetting, obviously, to hear because I had convinced myself that I wasn't going to need chemo. You know, I was going to get an onco score and I wasn't going to need it. And, you know, or if I did, it was only going to be the four AC and I wasn't going to need anything else. You know, I was convincing myself that it wasn't going to be as bad as it was the whole time. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, that was a blow, but we had set the surgery date. You know, it was kind of a bummer because I I really just wanted to start chemo and get it over with. Like the buildup of chemo was really like now starting to affect me. You know, I just wanted to get it done. I had, I think at that point, it was about three weeks till I was able to have um, my lymph node surgery. So in that time, I had seen my plastic surgeon twice and was able to start filling my expanders, which was great because my expanders were so uncomfortable. At that point too, I was like just starting to be able to sleep on my side a little bit. Um, So the more they got filled, the better they felt. I gotten two fills because now that I had to have the lymph node surgery, which meant like I was going to have to do radiation, they didn't want to fill me up all the way because I would have had to have gotten the saline taken out of my expanders before radiation. Can't have them fully um, expanded. I saw my plastic surgeon two times before, and she was like, okay, we're going to stop the fills now, and I'll see you after radiation. I was like, all right, right, see ya. ya." Um, (laughs) Which is a long way. (laughs) Yeah, right? So then, um, you know, it's now April 12th, and I'm healing really nicely. You know, my drains are out. I am now, like, finally being able to use scar cream, you know, my incisions to heal. Everything's healing great, and now I'm back at NYU because I have to have another surgery. So I kind of went into that surgery being, like, annoyed. I was annoyed. I wasn't cracking jokes. Like, I went in being like, let's just fucking do this. Like, be done with this. Now I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm bad. I'm pissed that I'm back here. Like, but at least I don't have to spend the night. Just get it done, you know. So of course, go in that day. They can't get the needle in me. They like probably tried it like I don't know, maybe like eight times to get like a to find a vein. It was terrible. I'm like blood dripping down my arm. It was really yeah. Different, different from the the mastectomy. I'll just say that. And um, not a good day. (laughs) Not at all. So it put me in even worse mood. And then again, I have to go walk myself into my own freaking ER again. You know, my OR, not ER, my OR, my operating room and get on the table. And it's a different anesthesiologist. And my breast surgeon's like, you know, the drill at this point, we're just going to get it done. That was a quick surgery. I think it was like an hour, 20 minutes or something. It was a quick one. I woke up. I was up almost pretty immediately. I didn't have a long recovery time. They kept me like longer just to make sure that I wasn't going to have like a reaction like later. But um, I was home that same day and my arm was just very, very sore. I had um, an incision in my armpit for that one. I had another drain 
which was so that drain was so annoying because that they told me I could get taken out at the end of the week. And I went, you know, I think I had surgery Tuesday and went in on Friday and they were like, no, you're still like, you know, you have a lot of fluid still coming out. We can't drain it. We'll see you Monday. And I was like, great. Now I have this damn drain for another three days. And so I had to go in the following Monday to finally get the drain removed. Um, and that surgery caused a lot of cording in my arm, which um, it was so uncomfortable. It took, it took me longer to get the range to be able to lift my arm over my head. It took longer for the second surgery than it did the first surgery. I almost had my full arm range, like range back at that, at that, you know, it was like about a month and a half. I was able to fully put my arms over my head. I felt good. This, I had so much pain. I had so much cording. I had, it was so tight from like my elbow to my wrist. That surgery was more uncomfortable than my mastectomy. I had Matt like bend my arm, like my wrist back to try to like loosen up the cording. I ended up going to physical therapy afterwards. Therapy after that, I ended up starting acupuncture after that to try to help with how uncomfortable my arm was. The physical therapist was great because that came right to my apartment after my mastectomy. Nice. Mm -hmm. NYU set it right up for me. I didn't even have to call anybody or anything. It was great. It was nice too. They sent like a nurse to check on me after my mastectomy as well. It was good. I had the physical therapist coming and to help me get my range back. And yeah, I mean, I had two surgeries in basically a month and a half, you know? So, oh, actually... After my mastectomy, I ended up doing another egg retrieval. Oh, right. In between. Yeah, in between. I forgot to mention that, which we'll talk about next time. But uh, yeah, so it was kind of like what my body went through from February to middle of April was just like traumatizing. Your body went through a lot. It went through a lot, a lot of anesthesia, a lot of uh, just pain almost, you know, like uncomfortability and, and everything. So... But yeah, so that's my surgery. There was one other part about when they got the pathology report, they had to do like a PET scan, right? Oh, yes, you're right. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so um, when I got my pathology, because the lymph nodes were affected, they had me do a PET scan, which they had, didn't have me do before because my MRI came back clean. You know, it came back clear of any lymph node involvement. So they sent me to get a PET scan. So I had had a PET scan before my second surgery, which came back clear. Thank God. PET scan is to see if the cancer has gotten anywhere else in your body, your organs, mm -hmm. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Bones, anything. Yeah. So um, when I had gotten my lymph nodes taken out, they took out 23 lymph nodes. It was 22 or 23. Only... The second surgery. In the second surgery. Yep. No, sorry. It was 22 and only three were affected at that point. So that was good. I, you know, it wasn't like a majority of my lymph nodes at that point had cancer cells in it. So glad they took them out. You know, it's annoying to not be able to use that arm for like blood pressure and blood work. You know, it's really hard to get anything out of my veins on my left hand, on my left arm at that point. But you know what? To not have the, you know, to have the peace of mind that there's no cancer on that side, I'll take it. The doctors don't want you to draw blood or because they don't want you to get lymphedema. And it's a thing forever. I could be fine for 20 years and then in 20 years all of a sudden I can get lymphedema. By not doing the blood pressure and not doing the blood work or anything, they don't want to cause any like trauma to that arm. They don't want to cause any infection. Going through lymphedema does not seem. Arm to your elbow to your hands could get swollen. <laughs> and supposedly it's not a comfortable pain that a person with lymphedema would go through. Anyways, so yeah, I think... That was, you know, your entire story with your surgery recovery that just seemed like crazy of how much your body went through through that like time period. And also just you receiving that notice of like, hey, there actually cancer <laughs> in your lymph nodes. We have to do a second surgery. I, I can't believe that happened to you. I know. I mean, it was a blow. I mean, it could have, like I said, it could have been worse. All of my lymph nodes could have been affected. We got it done. And yeah. one less way for cancer to spread to my other organs and bones. Organs yeah. or bones or anything. So, 
you know, I'm okay with it now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So then next I'll be talking about my surgery and my recovery. So, uh, Stay tuned for that and thank you all for listening. We will be taking a two week break so we can celebrate the holidays with our families. We will resume episodes Thursday, January 6th. See you next year. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer. Ladies, if you enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends. Help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram at tyftspodcast, and our email is tyftspodcast at gmail.com. We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes.